Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. What happens in Faith School? My spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, whether, whether you just got saved yesterday or whether you've been walking with the Lord for 50 years, yeah, the same thing is true. Your spirit needs to be fed. Jesus said, man does not live by, every, by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And we have a book full of those words, and the Spirit of God is with us to quicken those words to us. So uh, get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come into the classroom with us today. And let's get fed, let's get built up, let's get nourished in the words of faith. And these words also, they enlighten us, they enlighten our darkness. Darkness means you don't know, you don't understand, you don't see where to go, what to do, how to do. But in the light, now you know, now you are aware. And he even shows us things to come, what to do how to get from where we are to where we need to be, where we want to be. So come on in and let's release faith for it right now. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for grace, anointing, utterance, ears to hear, answers. We thank you for it and we purpose to be doers, uh, practitioners of the word. And we know as surely as we will step out to speak your word and to do your word, you will faithfully watch over it and perform it and bring it to pass in our lives and we will see miracles and manifestations of your spirit. We expect it. We thank you for it. We say get glory to yourself in and by it and we will give you the glory for every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please in 1 John 5, 4 again. We've been on a a topic now for days uh, that we're calling faith that overcomes. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now that's not everybody, because not everybody is born of God. Just because you go to church, that does not mean you've been born of God. And just because you're born naturally, that doesn't mean you've been born of God. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, who was a very, you know, religious man, one of the leaders of the Jews, he said, uh, you must be born again or you must be born from above. And he was puzzled by that. And he said, how can a man, once he's old, be born again? And he was, thought, he was trying to understand it as another natural birth. And the Lord said, no, unless you're born of the Spirit, born of the Spirit, you won't see the kingdom of God. So uh, 
Uh, going to church, even having your name on the roll, does not automatically mean that you were born again. When you were born again, you know it. You know it. Something amazing happened inside you. And you are, the Bible said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so uh, we're about to see Romans 10 where it talks about how you do that, believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. But don't believe this stuff about the universal fatherhood of God and brotherhood of man. People are not your brother just because uh, of uh, a natural similarity or you live in the same region or uh, those kind of things. There are two spiritual families. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, he said, you're of your father, the devil. Well, then they weren't his brother <laughs> and God was not their father. The only way God is your Father is that you have received Jesus as Lord of your life. You've been born again, born from above. And then other people who have been likewise born from above, they are your brothers and sisters truly, regardless of where they come from or their background or any of the other external differences. And this is, this is true for eternity. A lot of things that people encounter in this life, they don't realize how brief that's going to be. If you live a hundred years, it's a flash and it's gone. But eternity goes on eon after eon. He said, he, you know, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In Romans 10, if you turn and look there, we see the choice of faith to believe God's good report, to believe the gospel. We, we saw in Romans 10, uh, 15, the latter part of it, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel is the glad news or the good report of the good things that God has done for us, given us through His Son. Everybody said out loud, good news, good news. Of, good things, of good things our good God, our good God <laughs> has, done for us. has done for us. Hallelujah. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Not bad news. Good news. He goes on to say, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And that verse goes on to say in Isaiah 53, 1, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord's the power of God. Uh, to whom is the power of God revealed and manifested? To the one who believes the report. That's who. And he goes on to say, so then, faith. Why are we talking about it? Because that's how those born of God overcome the world, even our faith. But how does that faith come? It comes by a report and the report by the word of God. That's how 
uh, Young's literal translation reads. Same word translated hearing as other, tra- other places translated report. And we saw, go ahead and go back there again to Numbers, the 13th chapter. We saw uh, such an obvious difference between a good report and a bad report. Numbers 13, when the 12 spies came from surveilling the land, and um, they gave their report of what they saw. They said, well, yes, and and this is down in uh, verse 26, it's a good land. They showed them the fruit. Verse 27, it flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit of it. Well, so far, that's a good report. So far, that's good news. And it's exactly what God told them. He had already told them that. Verse 28, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there who were of the giants. And when it, when it says, nevertheless, yeah, it's a beautiful land. It's abundance of fruit and produce Nevertheless, you could say, but, what does that mean? None of that matters, because we're never going to enjoy it. It's already occupied. Nevertheless means it doesn't, that doesn't matter. Uh, milk and honey, uh, beautiful land, hills and valleys, produce that takes two men to carry, doesn't matter doesn't matter because we have seen giants. (laughs) And you see the big difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. Their choice to be much more moved by what they saw and heard than what God said cost them their opportunity to live in the promised land cost robbed them of this beautiful, wonderful thing, this gift that God had already chosen to give them. We, a few days ago, we we went back and looked in Deuteronomy 1. And if you read that chapter carefully, it's a synopsis of what's going on here. Uh, Like three times in a row, he had said, I have given you the land. Go up and possess it. Then he said, I've set the land before you. Go take it. <laughs> I've given you the land. And then, and then what are they saying? No, it's not ours. We, we can't take it. And, and if you keep reading here in verse uh, 30, Caleb, which was one of the 12 that went up with them, one, he saw the same giants and walled cities that the other 10 saw. He stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Let's go take it. Let's go do it now. Get your gear. Let's go. We can take it. And they said what? Verse 31, the men that went up with him saw the same thing he saw. They said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. We can't do it. And they brought up an evil report of the land 
which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it's a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. It's a land that will chew you up, a land that will devour you, a land that will destroy you. And if you look over to the 14th chapter, just a few verses later, it talked about how that they, they had slandered the land. Verse 36, he said, The men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him, by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land, they died by the plague before the Lord. It was the last slander they ever made. Verse 38 says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. Does it matter whether you walk by faith or walk by sight? Does it matter what report you believe? Hmm? How much does it matter? On this day, right here, life and death. Is that right? And then 40 years later, all that generation had wandered around and died in the desert, but Joshua and Caleb are still kicking. And if you read, we're going to see it perhaps later on, but when you got to the end of that, Caleb, at the end of that time, he went to Joshua and he said, you remember what God told us that we would see the land. He said, today I'm 85 years old. And he said, I'm as good a man to fight now as I was then. So give me this mountain. <laughs> and he took it. And his descendants possessed it and inherited it. He wouldn't let the dream die. He wouldn't let anything, including giants, scare it out of him. He wouldn't let the spirit of fear grip and dominate him. He let the spirit of faith, hallelujah, hallelujah. make him strong and courageous and bold. The scripture said, you know, that he had another spirit. He had a different spirit from these others. And we had talked about that a few days ago about the spirit of fear, which brings you into bondage, and the spirit of faith that makes you free. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The spirit of faith, say it out loud, the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith. is the spirit of boldness, the spirit of boldness. And, confidence and confidence and victory. And victory. Ooh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Isn't that the way you want to go? Yes. The way of Caleb, the way of Joshua, hallelujah. hallelujah. The way of Elijah, the way of Moses, the way of Jesus, hallelujah. The faith. We got that same spirit of faith, the scripture said. They said, I believe, therefore I speak. We also believe and speak. And that's what he's doing right here, isn't he? When he said, come on now, we can do it. Let's go. Is he talking his faith? That's his faith talking. And when immediately they said, are you crazy? We can't. We'll just die. No, that's their fear talking. Can you hear that? And so what we begin to get into uh, yesterday was that they, as we see here in verse 36, they slandered the land. Slan they brought up a slander 
upon the land. We, we saw, and let's, let's read it again, Isaiah 5. There is, there's a reason why I'm being methodical about some of this. It's not just hearing something one time that, that straightens all of your thinking out. Your mind's got to be renewed. And if you've been hearing the wrong thing all your life, uh, people don't always immediately just turn loose of that. Uh, it tends to want to cling and, and hang on. And you've got to get purged from misunderstanding and darkness and confusion and let the truth make you free. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says, Woe unto them. And that's a, how many understand that's not a good thing? Right? <laughs> Woe unto you. That's, that's a serious, like, you better not do this. If you do, you're going to be in serious, serious trouble. Woe unto them that what? Call evil good. And they call good evil. And that put darkness for light. And they put light for darkness. And they put bitter for sweet. And they put sweet for bitter. Do you reckon that's still going on today? Oh, it's going on all over the place. And the big problem is it's going on in the church. People, the very next verse says, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. People have imagined that, you know, through all their study, uh, that things are much more complex and complicated and most, most folks don't understand it, but because they are of superior intelligence, wise in their own eyes, um, they, they realize that, you know, sometimes evil is actually good for you. And, uh, and, and what they're trying to do is explain lack of results. They're trying to explain when their prayers or other people's prayers didn't get answered. Our things didn't happen, so they've come up with this, well, you know, I know we wanted to be healed, but, you know, it hasn't happened, so that must mean that it wasn't God's will. And so if this is God's will for us to be sick and suffer with this disease, then we just need to consecrate to it because even though it seems awful to us, evil, it's actually a good thing. No, no, you're calling evil good and woe to you you will do without you will be robbed no there is a definite good and a definite bad hmm? there's a, a despicable term that's bannered around today your truth and my truth that's junk it's either true or it's not and just because you believe something, that doesn't make it true. Come on, are you with me? No, truth stands on its own. And it's true whether you know it or not, or whether you believe it or not. And you believe in something, again, doesn't make it true. You can believe with all your heart something is true when it's a lie. That's what deception is. If you knew it was a lie, you wouldn't be deceived. But you don't call evil good. I want you to sit out. Let's see. This, this is the thing that uh, Solomon, uh, who was the wisest man in the world, and uh, as a natural man, 
just talking about that, maybe period, the wisest man. And this is what he asked for. When the Lord said, what, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I want discernment to know between good and evil. Come on, can you see that? He said, I, I, I've got the job here of leading your people and being king and making the big, big decisions. Give me discernment. And that is wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment to distinguish between good and evil. And we could, we could say right and wrong. God and what's not God. And so, is that what you want? You got the right spirit, the spirit of truth in you to show you the difference. And the word of God is truth. Set out loud, Father God. Father God. Give to me, Give to me discernment, discernment to know the difference, know the difference between, good and evil, between good and evil, right and wrong. Right and wrong. What, is you what is you and what is the enemy, is the enemy? that I not be confused, not, be confused. Not, mix them up, not mix them up, not call evil good evil and good evil. Good evil. Thank, you Thank you for causing me to know. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Now, one of the big things to get settled is that God is good. Hallelujah. Don't, don't complicate it. Don't let anybody, I don't care how many initials are on the end of their name, don't let them convince you that God is anything other than good at any time. We were looking uh, yesterday, and go back with me again to Genesis, we were looking at God's original creation. And we saw, and uh, you know, if the scripture says something one time, it's important, it's true, but then if it just keeps saying it over and over and over again, this is something that should be a big part of your foundation that you should never ever question even begin to question. And it, the word keeps coming up, good. What God made was good. In uh, verse 4, uh, God divided the light from the darkness. Verse uh, 9 and 10 we saw, God saw that the earth and the seas was good. Verse 11 and 12, uh, bringing forth the grass and the trees, God saw that it was good. Um, 16 and 18, the stars and, and the, the light and the darkness, he saw that it was good. Uh, 20 and 21, uh, God made the whales and the creatures in the sea and the winged creatures, and he saw that it was good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then when you get down towards the end there, 20, um, 20, let's see, uh, thir 31, we'll go all the way, 31. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was what? Very good. Now this, I think sometimes we don't get this word. Because really one very is not enough for the word. It's the same Hebrew words that are translated when he described the land that he gave them. That it was exceeding good. It's the same phrase. And, so, and some of your literal translations will translate it very, very good. Or maybe even three varies. 
very, very good. What does that mean? Extremely good. Exceedingly good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> what was good, good, good? Extremely good. Very, very good. Everything. Come on, are you reading the scripture with me? Yes. Everything that he made was very very good. That's why we said yesterday, on what day did God create confusion? On what day did he create pain? On which day did he create cancer and diabetes and heart failure? And He didn't. You cannot look at these things and go, behold, cancer is very, very good. Huh? It's not good. Don't tell me it is. Don't try to convince me. It's good for me to go through cancer. People say, well, you know, I got closer to God. Well, you could have done that without the cancer. A lot more comfortably. Is that right? I'm glad you did get closer to God. But don't attribute something good to something evil. And don't call the evil thing good. And don't claim that God is using it for a good purpose. There would never have been any disease if it was up to God. Because there would have never been, if there had never been any sin, there would have never been any death. And all, and the curse that came with that, and all of those things are as a result of the sin. So to say that the sickness and the disease and the poverty and the curse is somehow the will of God and he's using it is to say the sin that let it in is the will of God. Sin's not the will of God. And if there'd never been any sin, there would never have been any of this other evil stuff. No, friend, do not let anybody confuse you. Do not let anything come and try to tell you, no, God wants you to suffer with this evil thing. He wants this evil lack, this evil disease, this evil mental torment in your life. It's developing your spiritual. No, lies, lies, lies. It's the enemy trying to destroy you. Evil comes from evil. Good comes from good. Evil can't come from God because he's good. Is that right? If you fast forward, that's the, that's the front of the book. You fast forward to the end of the book and you'll see there's coming a time when there's new heavens, new earth, no more curse, no more death, no more crying, no more pain, no more dying. That's how God wants it. Right? And all this stuff that happened in between <laughs> with man's sin and the devil's work is not the will of God. It's not an improvement on God's good plan. Evil is evil, and good is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the gospel is the good news of all the good things our good God has given us. Everybody say, I believe the gospel. I believe my God is a good God. He's completely good. And what he does is good and only good. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. 
Hallelujah. Our time's up again today, but there's much more to see. Come back with us tomorrow for more learning of his goodness in faith school. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.